Guys, I want to confess to you that I am still learning. Are we on, Michael? I'm on. All right. I can't hear myself, but that's okay. Um, I want to confess to you guys I'm still learning. 19 years uh, into our marriage, and I'm still learning uh, that there are some things that should be kept private. Right? Evidently, that's a thing. I, I, didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know. Like, I thought when you had an argument, you just tell everybody you had an argument. But, but Hope says that there are some things that are supposed to uh, be kept private. And I, I didn't know that. But um, I, I joke a little bit. Um, I am still learning. My hope this morning for us is that we're all in that boat. That we're all still learning. And specifically this morning that we will learn about this thing called private prayer. And that's what I want to talk to you. Last week we began talking about prayer. Uh, this morning I want to talk to you about private prayer, closet prayer, secret prayer, whatever you name it. Um, but that's what I want to share with you this morning. So join me in a word of prayer, if you don't mind, as we prepare our hearts. Father, uh, we come before you just asking that you would meet with us in a powerful way. Lord, we trust you. And, uh, and we just say to you, God, we, we are people that are in need. Father, I'm, I'm a person that is in need. And God, um, forgive us for how seldom we hit the pause button. And we just stop and we just take you in. We stop and we just invite you to come and invade our space and our time and our life. And um, God, that's exactly what we want to do right now. We want to pause and we want to say that you are welcome here. That we need you here. And we're going to ask that you would come and join us. We want to invite you. Holy Spirit, we want to invite you to come and to take your place uh, in our church as our teacher and our guide. And we want to submit our, our lives to you, not just our minds to you, not just our hearts to you, but our very lives to you, every area. Holy Spirit, we, we would open that door to that area this morning and say, would you come and have your way with us through the power of the words of Christ. Jesus, be lifted up in our presence this morning, and as you are, draw us closer to your heart, that we might look more like you and less like us than when we came in this place. In Jesus' name, we pray all of these things. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, if you have your Bibles, I'm in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. And we're starting verse 5, what we're going to do. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 5, and I'm just going to read 5 through 8, and it's actually a, a text that we read last week, and, and it'll probably be a text that you hear on a regular basis as we talk about prayer, but I want you to hear the words of, of Jesus here in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 5. He says, whenever you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. Truly, I tell you that they have their reward. But when you pray, go into your private room, shut your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, don't babble like the Gentiles, since they imagine that they'll be heard for their many words. Don't be like them, because your Father knows the things that you need before you ask Him. Now those words of Christ begin actually in verse 1 of chapter 6. I want you to see what Jesus says there. It's kind of a warning uh, to his disciples, that to his followers, that they have the right motive for ministry. He says, listen, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. Otherwise, you're going to have no reward 
with your Father in heaven. And, and what Jesus is saying to his disciples, like, listen, I mean, he's not saying you, you can't ever pray in public. And he's not saying that you can't ever give uh, and drop your offering. Remember, they had coffers that you would drop your offering. He's not saying, like, you can never drop your offering in the coffers if anybody else is around. What Jesus is saying, in, in all things that we do, God has to be our audience. God has to be our audience. In other words, what we do when we pray, when we give, the the goal is that it be seen by God, not that we be seen by others. Does that make sense? That's the heart of what Jesus is talking about in Matthew chapter 6. And in 5 through 8, he says this principle applies to prayer too. And so this morning, that's what I want to talk to you about. I've got three things I want to share with you about this thing that Jesus teaches called private prayer. And here's the first thing I want you to understand this morning. As people of God, private prayer should be one of our primary practices. As people of God, private prayer should be one of our primary practices. And guys, this is a big deal, right? Jesus instructs his disciples that they have to move beyond um, the kind of prayer that they have seen, that they have grown up with, the kind of prayer that they have seen in the synagogues, right? In our day, it'd be the kind of prayer that we witness in church. You see, what they're used to is seeing the religious rulers of their day um, pray. And these religious rulers prayed in a very dramatic fashion, and they would be wearing their best clothes, and they would either go out into the middle of the temple where they could be seen, or even in the street corners where they could be seen, and they would stand. and and make a big deal and with their hands outstretched to heaven they would lift their face to to God and they would begin to pray so that everybody could see it was a huge spectacle and and, and oftentimes the the prayers just went on and on and they would repeat certain phrases and and this is the way that people kind of prayed and and so Jesus is talking to his disciples he's going like listen you can't do that you can't be like those guys that can't be the way that you go about prayer And of course, we know this Jesus was different, right? I mean, that's what drew people to him in the first place. Jesus spoke with authority that nobody else had. He he was genuine. He was so genuine that people were just drawn to him going, wow, you're, you're different. And so... The truth is his disciples felt the same way. And in fact, Luke, in in his record of this instance, he actually tells us uh, how this conversation began. Luke 1.1 1, 1 says, uh, Jesus was praying in a certain place, and, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John also taught his disciples to pray. What they're saying, like, they saw something in Jesus, right? Jesus was praying, he was praying in private, and it was different. And, and so when Jesus came back, his disciples looked at him, and they're like, Lord, we want to be able to pray like that. We don't want to pray like those other people. They, they just go on babbling and, and saying the same words. We don't want to just have to stand out in public. We want to be like you. We want to have the heart of God like you. We want to pray like you. Lord, teach us to pray. And so Jesus says, okay, fine. First things first. Ready? Lesson number one. Find a private place. Find a private... See, like, if you want to pray like me, lesson number one, get away from people. Like, the, the goal is not to pray so that other people can hear you. The goal is to pray so that God will hear you. So stop worrying about who is surrounding you and, and withdraw. That's the first lesson Jesus used to just withdraw. And then there in private, talk to your Father in heaven. It's very similar to what we see in the Old Testament with Moses. Do you remember where Moses would pray? In a private tent, right? He had his own, own tent where he would meet with God. Nobody else would go in that tent, 
right? It was just, it was just the, the place that he would pray. Now, sometimes Joshua, it said, would be out the outer part of the tent. We think sometimes Joshua might have been in, but, but, but for the mo- it's just Moses meeting with God. And so this is what Jesus did. He would withdraw to a private place and he would talk to his Father in heaven. And I want you to know, this isn't just something that Jesus preached, but this is something that he did. This is something that he modeled, right? We're talking about holy habits. This is a habit of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Withdrawing in private prayer is his habit. Let me show you uh, Matthew 14, 23. It says, after dismissing the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Well into the night, he was there alone. In Luke 5, 15 and 16, it says, But the news about him spread even more, and large crowds would come together to hear him and to be healed of their sickness. Yet he often, he often withdrew to deserted places and prayed. He often did that. Mark 1, 35, says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he got up went out and made his way to a deserted place. And there he was praying. Jesus had a habit of praying in private. And if he is our Lord, and he is our Savior, and he is our model, if he is our namesake, we have to be people that practice that same habit. This habit of private Prayer. So we start there. Private prayer should be one of our primary practices. Meeting alone with God like Jesus, like Moses. Second thing I want you to see this morning. When we meet with God in private prayer, others will often see the difference. When we meet with God in private prayer, others will often see the difference. Now listen, we don't pray in private for others' sake. This isn't talking about praying in front of others. But what I'm telling you is when you learn to pray this way, when you become a person of prayer, when you spend time alone with God, other people are going to see the difference. The disciples did. When when Jesus came back from praying, they they could tell something is different about him, man. I mean, he's, he's changed. We want to be around him. Please teach us, Lord, how to, how to do that. Teach us how to be in the presence of God like you're in the presence of God. We, we want that intimacy with God, the same intimacy that you have, Lord. Teach us how to do that. It's the same way the Israelites took notice of Moses. And so I'm going to ask you now to uh, flip over to the book of Exodus. Book of Exodus chapter 33. Exodus chapter 33. I'm going to start in verse 7. And we're going to read all the way through 11 of Exodus chapter 33. It's towards the end of the book there of Exodus. If you hit Leviticus, you went too far. Exodus 33, starting in verse 7. It says, Now Moses took a tent, and he pitched it outside the camp at a distance from the camp. He called it the tent of meeting. And anyone who wanted to consult the Lord would go to the tent of meeting that was outside the camp. Whenever Moses went out to the tent, all of the people would stand up, each one at the door of his tent, and they would watch Moses until he entered the tent. When Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and would remain at the entrance to the tent, and the Lord would speak with Moses. And as all the people saw the pillar of cloud remaining at the entrance to the tent, they would stand up and then bow down in worship, each one at the door of his tent. The Lord would speak with Moses face to face, just as a man speaks with his friend. Then Moses would return to the camp. 
what happened in that tent wasn't happenstance. What happened in that tent was holy. What happened in that tent was powerful. What happened in that tent was moving. And it didn't just change Moses. It changed everyone around Moses. When Moses went into his tent to meet with God and the presence of God came down to meet with him, all of the Israelites took notice. They would stand up. Even as they saw him approaching the tent, they would take, man, Moses is going to meet with God. We better get ready. And they would stand outside of their own tents watching as Moses would make the walk. And as he came near the tent, they would begin to prepare their hearts. And, and, and once he got inside the tent, then, then they, they would bow down with their faces to the ground and they would worship God. And it was here in this place that, that Moses would meet with God. And it was powerful. And friends, what I'm going to tell you today is that we need to rediscover that moment. We need to remember that when we meet with God, that the presence of God, just like the pillar cloud, comes down and surrounds us. And it changes us. And I think we've forgotten what prayer is. We don't, we don't pitch tents. We don't build structures. We don't get away in secret. No, we try to fit God into the little cracks and crevices of our schedule that we have left. And He's holy. And He's powerful. And He's almighty. And His presence wants to settle down and surround us. And, and our problem is we don't take prayer seriously anymore. And we wonder why we don't see the hand of God moving in our lives. I'm going to tell you, if you want to be the people of God, you've got to pray like the people of God. If you want to see the hand of God in your life, you've got to seek out the hand of God. I was listening to a song this morning. It's one of my favorite old worship songs. And it says, um, we don't want blessing. We just want you. Friends, can I ask you, when is the last time you approached prayer that way? When is the last time that you got into a tent and you just said, God, I'm not leaving until I get you I don't care about stuff. I don't care about finances. I don't care about my house. I don't care about the food. I, I, I don't need that kind of food. Man, don't live on bread alone. I need your word, God. And I'm not leaving till I get it. When's the last time? It's been a long time, hasn't it? I'm going to tell you, friends... We've got to get back to that point. We've got to rediscover that. And listen, here's the promise. If we do, the world will see. The world will see. Because when you're in the presence of God like that, He changes you. Very first Bible study I ever had, a Wednesday night youth deal, we called it Encounter. And we just had this little tagline because we believed it with all our hearts. His presence will change you. And when you come into the presence of God like that, it changes you. If you read on into the book of Exodus chapter 34, Moses hangs out with God on the mountain. He spends time with God. And, and after he spends time with God, and this will be a, 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 something that happens on and on again for Moses. Every time he spends time with God, his, his face will glow with radiance, with the glory of God. It'll freak people out. People will physically see a difference. I used to freak my youth group kids out. Um, it was easier to do church back then. I, it wasn't 250 kids. It's maybe... 125, you know, on a good day. Uh, 
And, and, and in that group, you've got, you know, 75, 80 kids that are committed, that are there all the time. And of those 80 kids, I always knew what was going on in their life. I knew who they were dating. I knew who their parents were, um, knew all that kind of stuff. And, and we could talk. And just talking with students, I could tell who was spending time with God, who was camping out with him and who wasn't. And it used to freak them out because they'd be like, how do you know that I'm not reading my Bible? I'm like, I can see it on your face. No, you can't. I say, I can't. And there's something about the glory of God. Friends, if we will become those people that decide, you know what, I'm I'm not going to just do this little shotgun prayer. Oh, God, help me. Oh, Lord, help me. I mean, listen, God wants to talk to you all day. He does. But when we we set aside times just to meet with him, and and, and he comes and he surrounds us with his presence, it changes us. It changes who we are. And people will take note, okay? Last thing I want to share with you about this thing called private prayer. Okay. While private prayer happens best in quiet places, it can be practiced anywhere, even in the presence of others. While private prayer happens best in quiet places, it can be practiced anywhere, even in the presence of others. Now, so again, we've got to go back to Matthew chapter 6, and we have to ask ourselves this question, is Jesus prohibiting public prayer? The answer, of course, is no, right? It's not prohibiting public prayer. I mean, he, he prayed in public too. I mean, it, it, it's, it's not that. He's not saying that, you, you know, when the, when the offering plate comes around later, you, you can't put a check in because other people will see that you put a check in. That's not what Jesus is preaching about. Rather, he's saying something special happens when you go into your tent. And when you take the time to go into the tent and just meet with God, and you, don't, you don't care who is around, man, something amazing happens. And, and, and the point I'm trying to tell you today is this can happen with you no matter where you are, even if people are around you. Even if somebody asks you to pray out loud, you can still go into your tent and you can pray a private prayer. You can go into the tent of your mind or your heart and and you can still just there uh, force out all of the distractions, focus on um, the king of glory and you can still just right there in that moment pray to your father in your tent. It's doable. It's doable. Jesus did, right? In the Garden of Gethsemane, it says that, uh, and we know that some of the best prayers, hardest prayers Jesus prayed were there in the garden. He pleaded with his father, Father, um, if it's, if it's your will, would you please take this cup from me? Yet not, not my will be done, but your will be done, right? He's pleading. He, he's, he's in agony. He's, he's, his sweat is becoming like drops of blood. And, and, but get this, his disciples were there. In fact, it says this in Luke twenty two forty one. 41. It says, he withdrew from them about a stone's throw. Not, that's not like my 13-year-old kid's stone throw who every time he gets a rock wants to outthrow me and my arm falls off. Just like a stone's throw, just if you were... Just maybe, maybe the back wall there. And there, Jesus got in a tent. Not a real physical tent. He didn't build a little tabernacle. But he just withdrew a stone's throw away. And, 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 and he met with his father in, in a tent of meeting. He, he, just, he, he just got before his, his dad and he got real. And he got honest. And it was genuine. It was powerful. Guys, what I'm going to say to you, you can, you, can, you can take this practice and apply it to your life right where you are, okay? Right where you are. There's a way to do that. There's a way to pray those private prayers in a public setting, okay? So let's talk about how. Let's talk about how. Um, it has to start here. And, and, and the very first step we have to do is we have to build uh, a place and a time for prayer into our lives. Have to build 
a, a place and a time for prayer into our lives. And when I talk about prayer, I, I, yes, I'm, I'm talking about the private kind of prayer. And so for some, um, this may involve lumber. Maybe you need to physically build a room in your house. Maybe you need to add on a little place in your garage that you can just go and it's your, 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 your place. Uh, I talked to somebody this week and they said um, they cleaned out a closet and so they have a closet they can go into. Uh, hallelujah. God bless you guys. I don't, I, there, there's not any large closets in the parsonage uh, and, and so it, it's difficult, you know. Mamas, when you're home this summer with your kiddos, maybe that's the bathroom, and there's you know, and you just you may have to shove a towel underneath it so the fingers can't reach under. And ah, I know you're in there. Um, they they know they know where you are, and you just have to have a moment. Like I'm in my closet. I'm in my prayer closet. Uh, so so maybe it involves building something physically, um, but it's not just about building something physically. It's also about building a discipline into our lives. You've got to build the time into your life to do it. You have to. You have to decide, like, this is, this is something that's important to me. And, and, and hear me, if it's not important to you just because it's commanded by God or because it's modeled by Jesus, make it important to you because you need it. Because you need it. How many of you this morning would confess, I, I, I would like more of God in my life? Just confess that this morning. I'd, I'd like more of God. Okay. So what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Moses spoke to God says face to face, like a man would speak with his friend. Who doesn't want that? Who, who doesn't want an intimate relationship with God where you can just go into a place and you just sit and, and commune with God? Like that's, that, that's the goal. That's what we want. So what I'm going to say to you is you have to establish it. You have to put work in. You might have to put a little hard work in with some, some drywall, a door that nobody else knows the code to. Maybe you've got to clean up that closet that's just, you've you, you got stuff in there. You need, you need to go to Goodwill and give some, yeah, listen, you've got three sets of jeans you don't fit into anymore. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you, you, like one of those sets can go. I ain't going back there. It's not going to happen. Give me some space. So we've got to establish that. The second thing we've got to do is we have to tune out distractions and focus on talking with God. We have to tune out distractions and we have to focus on talking with God. Um, focus is a tough word in our world today. We are more distracted than we've ever been. We call it multitasking. Um, we do. And uh, so people make more money because they can do more things. We can do more things because we have a computer in our hand at all times. And so we can answer emails. We can, uh, we can respond to phone calls. We can text. And we can often do it all at the same time. We call that productivity. And what I'm here to tell you is that productivity is chipping away at your spiritual life. It is. Because you have no boundaries anymore. You don't. You used to go to work and you would answer emails there. And this is when emails start. Some of you remember when there were no emails. Amen? Wasn't that a glorious time? Come I got a fax. <laughs> Those even took long enough that you could drink a cup of coffee to come through. Like I can, I can drink another cup of coffee. It's fine. And then, and then we had the, the, the world wide web. And now we come in now, and, and so now, but hey, hey, it's not enough for me to answer emails when I'm at work, man. I better have them on my person. And so when I'm at work and I'm in the car, like, I'm sorry, you're not supposed to email in the car. You're supposed to drive, right? You're not supposed to look at your phone, but we, I mean, I see it. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just responding, people driving with their knee, got the cup of coffee, trying to, like, we're, we're these multitasks. And here's, here's the problem with it. And what it does is it has changed our attention spans to that of about a gnat. That's where we are. 
It's where we are. We're so screen-oriented. We have so many things going on. We're trying to solve so many problems at the same time. Francis Chan says his biggest concern for this generation is the inability to focus, especially in prayer. Just think about that. Because here's what's going to happen. I'm going to tell you, man, you've got you to build a, a space and a time for prayer in your life. You're going to go, all right, pastor, I'm going to do it. And maybe you go home and go, I'm actually going to clean out this closet. Or you know what, I'm going to get to the office early and I'm not going to turn anything. This is going to be my space. What's going to happen to you is you're going to try to establish this habit. And the first few days, you're going to fail miserably. Because after about a minute, your brain's thinking of all the stuff you have to do. And you know what, you're going to have to overcome it. You're just going to have to learn to overcome it. You're going to have to work at it. You're going to have to put your phone away. You're going to have to turn off distraction. You're going to have to focus on God. And we have a tendency for, like, this is, this is the day and age we live in. Like, I'm going to do this, man. I'm going to set up this time. It's me and God. I've got this little table. I've got this chair. I've got a little lamp. It's perfect. I'm going to get up early. Nobody's going to be here. We get up early. We get out our Bible. We get out our journal. We've got our coffee. We've got our phone. Well, you know what? I should probably just Instagram this real quick. Right? Hashtag. Quiet time. Me and Jesus. Oh, look, somebody liked that. Huh? That's cool. I should respond. We miss it. We miss the whole thing. Guys, what I'm telling you is it's going to require you to focus. And focus doesn't come naturally for you anymore. Okay? So you're going to have to work at it. But it can happen. It can happen. All right? Get alone, get with him, get quiet. Um, bring yourself back to the subject you're trying to pray about. Every time your mind wants, nope, Lord, I'm coming back. Lord, forgive me, I'm, I'm trying here. And it will get better, it will get better. Last thing, okay, last thing, we'll wrap it up. <clears throat> Take a tent prayer mentality with you wherever you go. Wherever you go. So what are you talking about, Pastor? Here's what I'm talking about, right? Um, so I, uh, no matter where I go, uh, people say, hey, Jason, would you pray for us? Like, it doesn't matter. I can go to family gatherings. I'm the guy that prays. Uh, anytime I'm at a, anything church-related, Pastor, would you pray? Uh, like, we don't believe in the priesthood of believers, evidently, um, which means we all have equal access to Jesus, right? Um, you know, we, we, we don't practice that. We just want the pastor to pray about everything. Uh, and I love you guys. I, I love you. I mean, like, and I love to pray for you. And you'd be shocked how many emails or phone calls. Like, Pastor, would you pray about this? Would you pray for me? Like, yes, yes, I will do that. Just know you have the same access to Jesus that I do. But one of the things uh, when you have to pray in public as often as I do uh, that'll happen is, is you go, well, I, okay, well, let me think about what the audience I'm, I'm with and what I have to, I, at some point you just gotta, say, I, I don't care. So if you've ever seen me pray at public events, which I do a lot, uh, I don't write anything down. I'm not, a, I'm not a writing down prayer person. I don't do that. I also try not to think about who's there. I don't care. Uh, love you guys. I love you. I just, I mean, what, what, is it, what is it about? That's fine, okay. And then, but, but other than that, if somebody asks you to pray, um, you're talking to God. And so maybe they want you to talk about something, and so you've got the thing you're going to talk to God about. That's it. And then, and then at that point, it doesn't matter if Mama's there, if Aunt Sue's there, if Uncle Joe's there. Like, I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if the mayor's there. It doesn't matter if the president's there. It doesn't matter who's there, because ultimately, I'm not praying to them. I'm praying to my Father in heaven. And so what has to happen in that moment is that I go into my private prayer closet. And so when you show up and somebody says at school, hey, would you pray for us? You go, yeah, I'll pray for us. And you close your eyes, and you take a second. 
And, and, and remember what, what habit we talked about Bible intake after Bible intake. We were supposed to work on meditation. And you may have to meditate for a moment on the glory of God. You may have to think about Moses in the tent of meeting. You may have to think about actually withdrawing um, yourself away from the people that are surrounding there, asking you to bless food. And you're going, like, I'm sorry, but um, God's not going to bless this chicken fried steak. So we gotta, we got to move beyond that. Let me, let me bless the people. with. And, and so, like, I'm just going to talk to my father. And so we, we go into the, this, this tent mentality, and we enter into the tent of meeting in our minds and in our hearts and in that place there is no one else there but us and our father and in that moment we begin to talk God God thank you for your love and God thank you for your mercy and Lord would you forgive us for how often we fail you and would you meet with us in such a way that we are changed today Would you transform our minds? Would you renew them as your word says in Romans 12.1 so that we think your thoughts and we can know your good and perfect and pleasing will, Father. We just begin to meet with our Father and to pray and it's not a performance because we don't care what anybody else thinks. Does it make sense? This is yes, this is no. Anybody still have questions? Let's answer those this morning. We are called to be a people that practice private prayer. And if we will begin that practice and take it seriously, if we will spend time in the tent, other people will see a difference in us, and get this, we'll be able to pack up the tent and take it with us wherever we go. But we've got to learn how to do it. That is my challenge to you this week. You've got to start practicing it this week, all right? Yes? Yes? Okay, two weeks ago I asked you about scripture memorization. How's that going? Huh? I got, I got one. Yes, thumbs up. I got Anybody working on it at least? I've got, I've got a passage I'm working on. Okay, good. Good, good, good. I still, there's still one verse out of Isaiah. There's one sentence out of Isaiah. I leave out every stinking time. I'm going to get it. going to get it. Just keep at it. Keep at it, all right? Let's pray this morning. Father, um, thank you for loving us. Thank you for meeting with us. Lord, um, I want to challenge myself and uh, our people to be a people that can practice this, can really try to live this out. And it's going to be hard for some because we're going to have to separate ourselves for a period of time each day from our loved ones, maybe from our kids that seem to always have a a desire for us, maybe from our spouse who we like to be close to. But we have to have our own closet. We have to have our own inner room. We have to have our own tent of meeting. And there, we need to withdraw and just meet with you. Jesus, you modeled it for us. I mean, it's in plain sight in the Gospels. And yet so often we forsake it. So this morning we're going to ask that you would change our minds, that you would change our hearts about the power and the need for this thing called private prayer. And we pray that you would help us put it into practice. And Lord, that as we do, that when you meet with us, we would understand 
that what we get is not just blessing, it's not just stuff, but what we get is far better because what we ultimately will get is you. And God, that is our heart's desire. We love you, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Guys, we can't say that that's our heart's desire and not live that out. So we can't say that that's what we want. God, I want more of you. We like to sing those songs. Don't I want more of you, Jesus, more of you. Like we sing that stuff and then we turn on the television. I mean, we sing that stuff, right? And we pick up the phone or the computer. We're gonna have to sing that stuff. I've dropped out, Michael. Dropped me out altogether. Um, we're gonna have to sing that stuff, but then we're gonna have to live out that stuff too, okay? Uh, I'm gonna ask our ushers to come forward this morning. We're gonna take up the morning offering. Um, you guys have a copy of the bulletin. It is the summer. In the summer, our budget struggles usually. Uh, all the last month we made budget, it was glorious and grand, and uh, God always works all those things out. But uh, I do want to encourage you um, just to give. And if, if you're traveling and you feel like you've missed, don't. it's okay, you can make up. That's fine. Uh, you can also go online and schedule it to make sure it happens all the time. There are a lot of things that you can do. Um, but this morning, um, we're going to pray, and I, I'm going to pray for us since I'm the only one with a microphone that semi-works. Father, um, we want to thank you this morning for who you are and for meeting with us in this special way. Uh, We pray this morning, God, that you will do a work that only you can do here in our presence. And uh, Father, that you will take these monetary uh, gifts, and that's what they are, they're they're acts of worship to you, and that you would expand them and that you would use them for your kingdom and for your namesake. Lord, we love you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen.